Okay, Yelena, this is the this is the real thing. It's not a rehearsal anymore. Are you tired of the same old kitchen routine? Do you wish cooking could be faster, easier, and more fun? Introducing MegaChef 3000, the kitchen revolution you've been waiting for. With MegaChef 3000, cooking becomes a breeze. Say goodbye to chopping, slicing, and dicing. Our advanced laser technology does it all for you. Need to cook a gourmet meal in a minute? No problem, MegaChef 3000 can whip up restaurant-quality dishes in minutes. But that's not all. Our smart appliance connects to your phone so you can control it from anywhere. Order now, and you'll also receive our exclusive cookbook packed with mouth-watering recipes and cooking tips. Upgrade your kitchen, upgrade your life with MegaChef 3000. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was not sponsored by MegaChef 3000. <laughs> uh, we need to explain for the listeners what that is. Okay, first... Welcome everyone to Authentic As Bug Podcast. My name is Sun. This is Yelena. Hello. I want to do a quick explanation of this podcast. But so, by the way, we do this podcast because we want to try to figure out how we can. So, I make these carousels on Instagram that make people say, "Oh, I never thought of it that way." I'm trying to teach people how to do that. So, we're using this podcast to kind of, you know, make carousels and figure out how what's the best way to teach it, right? Yep. So, can you explain to everyone what that was? <laughs> What, what is that? Why? <laughs> I, I was doing this for 10 times while I was uh, cooking today, like an hour ago, because uh, for some reason on my TikTok, uh, this uh, popped up and I wanted to do it to try it out and my mic didn't work. So I was re I repeated and repeated. And, you know, it's funny to, to see if you can, like, catch the line because the text is going up, 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 and you need mm -hmm. to, like, do it, like, faster or slower so to adapt the pace. Uh, so I ask you if you ever done it and you didn't yeah. understand what I was asking you, so <laughs> I showed you <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> so this is, like, a TikTok trend or something, like, where it helps you practice. I didn't know. I, I literally mm. found out for that. Uh, mm like only today uh, but uh, then I actually watched the, this uh, video and this channel because so many people stitched their own videos trying to do it oh so, ah, so they have the scrolling thing exactly. and then somebody will record themselves yeah. reading yeah. and then yeah, stitch yeah. it okay so got it this is this is the whole point yeah oh yeah. yeah so they kind of this is how it works <laughs> are you tired of same old kitchen routine do you wish cooking could be faster easier and more fun introducing mega chef 3000 the kitchen revolution you've been waiting for with mega chef 3000 cooking becomes a breeze say goodbye to chopping slicing and dicing our advanced laser technology does it all for you need to cook a gourmet meal in a hurry no problem mega chef 3000 can whip up restaurant quality dishes in a minute but that's not all. Our smart appliance connect. Our smart appliance connects you to to your phone, so you can control it from anywhere. Order now, 
and you'll also receive our exclusive cookbook packed with mouth-watering recipes and cooking tips. Upgrade your kitchen, upgrade your life with Mega Chef 3000. Woo! <laughs> Mega Chef 3000. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's also fun for the person, right? Because yeah, yeah, who's like practicing. Yeah, it's interactive. So, I mean, just for the record, this is your first time, and this mm -hmm. was very, very good for the first time. I was stumbling because you know this is it's it's going, so you need to catch the text. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. enough enough fun. <laughs> <laughs> so. Today we're gonna um, today we're we're gonna try to work on a carousel, as always. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and you have a few, couple ideas. I have a couple ideas. So let's go through the ideas first, and then we'll pick one, and then we'll make okay. a carousel. Okay. I was thinking about um, you know about self-care and that uh, online what self-care is so it represents some kind of i don't know you do something for yourself um so so i watched like aesthetic um TikToks and reels where you have every time like every corner is like with some candle and something some nice setting and this is kind of a self-care mm -hmm. um so, so I wanted to say, do you self-care? Yeah. So do you self-care like this? Have a bubble bath or make a vision board, uh, create a skincare routine, uh, order, take away, creating a static desk to please your view. If this is your self-care, no wonder if this makes you feel even worse. So no sexy truth here. Self-care means rest, sleep, eat well, drink, take water, your meds, exercise. Sorry to burst your Insta bubble. So, so the myth is people think that self-care is those things. Yeah. But the truth is what? The truth is that you need to sleep, eat well, mm -hmm. rest, go to a doctor, exercise. This is like foundation of self-care. Okay, so the, give, me an, uh, give me the example. Give me an example of how the, the myth is wrong. Um, you have a person that is, um, I don't know, taking um, matcha powder, uh, in the morning and then have skincare routine and then uh, they're going to shop some new, I don't know, candles and something for their uh, home. But actually they are eating uh, fries uh, in McDonald's. They sleep at uh, 3 a.m. Uh, they're anxious. They're on their phone like eight hours. Have you seen people like that? Yes. Really? <laughs> like like people who wake up early and do all of those things, but they eat McDonald's? Like... Yeah, they order takeaway. And uh, I mean, 
I'm now I'm a little bit exaggerating the, the scale of of this mm -hmm. just to to show you as an example. But yes, I I do know people like that. Okay, and do you think that's a do you think so what do you think is the wrong message here? Like what do you think people are mis misunderstanding? Um, I think that it's not in understanding, it's more in denial. Because if you ask these people and if they have a questionnaire to like mm -hmm. circle correct answer, they will probably know, they will definitely know what's the right answer. But it's about denial, maybe some secret hope that this will do something or that mm, I'll think about that tomorrow, like today. Really? So you think that these people think that, oh, like I can eat McDonald's and do all this unhealthy stuff and all this toxic stuff. But as long as I take a bath and I have candle things and things like that, that I'm taking no, care of myself. Do no. you really think they believe that? Not literally like that, but yeah. uh, that they don't uh, exaggerate. They don't like the amount of importance like their priorities are messed up. This is, so maybe they will um, sleep two out of seven nights at right time. Maybe they will have... Um, but they know, I, I guarantee that those people know that that's bad. Yes. <laughs> so you can't really debunk somebody who knows that what they're doing is wrong, right? Even In order for us to, do, don't you think? It is like, uh, so you know the, the example when you didn't want to check uh, your bank account or I didn't mm -hmm. want to scale myself to see my weight. Mm -hmm. I knew that the result on my scale would not be pleasing for my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't check that. So this is the same the same feeling. So, okay. So now the question is, could something help me? Yeah, I know, but you, but you know that already. So if, even if I said at that time, if I went to you, it's like, Hey, you should check your skill. You're going to be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in order for us to debunk something. Yeah. There needs to be clear myth. We, we, they believe in something and we need to break that belief, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, to me, to me, like that's not self-care. For example, like for me, taking a bath, doing all this, like to me, that's not really self-care. That's just you. That, that's just spoiling yourself. It's not taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself is actually doing the hard things, right? Doing the things that you don't want to do. Like that's really, like if I care about, if I care about, if I care about my child, like mm -hmm. would I give him ice cream and give him all the things that they, they, they find pleasurable? No, right? I, I'm going to, have them do the things that they don't want to do 
because I care, right? So if I'm eating junk food and then I'm I'm, I'm and then I'm taking a bath and think, all, doing all the, like all these pleasurable things, I don't think that's self care. I don't think those things are good for them. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I actually think the opposite. It's I, I, and I I've actually did this myth truth before, right? Like a lot of people think that, like a lot, you know. Yeah, I guess it's it's a it's another one of those topics that I haven't thought deeply enough. But it's it's like if you love your child, are you gonna give them candy or are you gonna give them broccoli, right? Mm-hmm. So I I I think I do it with self love. I said I think I say something like self love isn't spoiling yourself. Right? Oh. Like if you love your child, would you spoil your child or would you discipline your child, right? So if you really love yourself, you should be you should discipline yourself, not spoil yourself. Okay. Now, for both of the with truth sandwich that you came up with, maybe this is what, what I want to do from now on. Every myth truth sandwich you come up with, I want you to give me an example from your own life. Okay. <laughs> Let me write that down. <laughs> Because I think that it's it's just so when 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 you have experienced it in your own life, like I said, even if you can't express it with the exact right words, you know in your body that it's true. Maybe you might not be able to articulate it clearly, but you know it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. It it's really hard to not talk about something that you haven't really experienced yourself. Because it's do you know what I mean? Okay. It sounds like it's hard to to find those lessons. I don't know. I don't think you should be finding it. I think you should be reflecting it. Like it should be a lesson that you already learned. <laughs> Now yeah, I want to try to figure out how to articulate it in words. How to, how to uh, what questions to ask to find those places? You shouldn't have to ask. You already, like, there are certain lessons in life that you've already learned that you know is for, for true. Like, for how example. To, I, right now, my mind is like a blank canvas. So, like, for example, like when you. You know, when you have, you know that like you have to draw a boundary sometimes, right? And maybe you had trouble drawing boundaries before, right? Yeah. So now when we talk about drawing boundaries, that you don't have to go back and try to find that lesson. You're, you, if it's in your life, you should, it should be so obvious that you've already learned these lessons so many times. That it should so, be very obvious. Would it be, would it be for example, for example, mm-hmm. if, so when I drive and when somebody is like right behind me, 
so I become nervous, like I'm too slow, and then I'm uh, I don't know stopping someone to maybe go somewhere. So I start, um, I feel ten tension. Mm-hmm. So then I notice, okay, okay. So this is for some reason it's triggering something, some criticism that I'm too slow or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I want. So next time, if, when I was in the same situation, I was like, okay, so this is it. This is that situation. You and then I would do like random things. Like the first thing that I was doing was, okay, Elena, you have the right to drive in your own pace. So I was trying to like uh, talk to myself. Then I would take few few breaths, but this didn't help. And then next time, um, when the same thing happened, something was on the radio. So I just turned on a little bit volume and started singing song. And this was like, oh, this is helping. So I was kind of into the song and I was back in the moment. So I wasn't nervous that much. So this is this became my strategy to kind of regulate myself when this is happening. So is this something that you are yeah. searching for? So what do you think is the lesson that you learned there? First of all. Um the first thing I need to experiment to see what will work because sometimes something will work some sometimes it it would not mm-hmm. um, the second thing is um, if I distract myself a little bit uh, I it helps In what what what's the so before we go to the solution let's what is the problem first of all the problem is uh, that I was uh, anxious about why that I'm too slow and that I'm is is that you're what you're asking me mm-hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. too slow and that I'm stopping from a person to go somewhere because obviously they are too close to me and they kind of wanna speed up so so. Okay, let's break that down. Okay. Can that person just pass you? No. Instead of like, if, so it's a one-way street and it's, so they can't pass you and I you mean, feel like you're slowing them down. Now, let yeah. me ask you this. Were you going like, were you going too slow or were you going no, like in your, in your opinion, were you going too slow or was it normal is that that person was just overreacting? It's normal, like in terms of uh, traffic so you didn't do anything rules, wrong. In terms yeah. of traffic rules, but in terms of uh, driving in Belgrade, it's uh, people are crazy, so they're got it stressed out. So yeah. if you if if you have like a yellow light, so just mm-hmm. before green light the first moment it shows green light they're like bam, bam, yeah. bam, like go 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 so you need to be like on point there <laughs> so now give me another give me another couple of examples of situations like that where you felt that same emotion that same pressure the same you know what i mean mm. 
If I am uh, in a store and I'm packing my things from like one cashier is like tracking them. So mm -hmm. I need to put them in my uh, bag and then I need to pay. So mm -hmm. and then you have a long row. So I'm like, oh, am I too slow? So I need to pack this faster. So I get nervous um, because I think that my normal pace is slower in this case than maybe mm -hmm. what what uh, is expected okay. so i get a give me another bit one mm -mm 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 -mm. i don't know you know when you're uh, waiting for a doctor's appointment so you're somewhere in the hall and they open some door that is like i don't know 15 meters from you and they call your name like mm -hmm. hey Yelena it's you and you need to walk there so I'm like and usually I have some I don't know book and something there and I need to pack things with some papers and I'm like mm -hmm. oh my god so I need to mm -hmm. then they say again Yelena are you there so ah, I'm mm -hmm. here so it's such so why do you what 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 is the common theme there what do you think is happening I think that people are generally nervous so they kind of want things to be fast and no but what is happening to you i feel like i'm i'm bothering someone with my pace so like i'm a burden because i'm slow and is that is that true are you a burden for those people, I, I think sometimes, I mean. What, what are some other times where you feel like you're a burden? Like not connected to, to the pace thing. Like, do you feel the same, same way when I'm like, when I'm expecting you to give me an example or when I'm asking a question and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting you to give me an answer and you can't come up with an answer, right? Do you feel similar burden? Well, sort of. I mean, if I come unprepared and mm -hmm. I'm like, and we go in so different, so many different directions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though I tell you so many times not to prepare, you still spend like half an hour preparing. And I see you like, and I, I feel that too. Like I've had, like, for example, but remember if, what you wanted I, to say. Remember what you wanted to say. But when I prepare, it's usually better than when I'm not prepared. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, why you're doing it. Okay. Okay. Like the same thing happens for me when I'm posting something. Like for example, if I don't post for a while, and I feel like. Mm -hmm. If I don't reply to somebody's DM for a few days, right? And I know that this person DM me and I haven't replied to them because I didn't have time or blah, blah, all of those things. Those things gives me the same kind of anxiety of, of, as somebody honking behind me, mm -hmm. right? Where do you mm -hmm. think that comes from? I guess that there are expectations in our head 
in the first place how things should be so we feel we already feel feel uh, guilty for not doing something so when somebody reminds you of that they actually just um um I don't know. But why do you feel guilty in the first place? I I post content on my social media. I spend my own time to post content on my social media for free. Nobody's paying me to post content. So why do I feel guilty if I don't post? I mean, why do I feel guilty when somebody's like, "Son, I haven't heard you in like what happened? I haven't heard I haven't seen any posts from you for for a while." Why, why should I give a shit? Like, you're not paying me to post content. You're not, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. if somebody's like honking and you're like, go faster, go, why should you give a shit about why, whether that person is, you know, I you're mean, slowing down that person or you, not? Why, you why? care for people that are watching uh, your, yeah. your content. Yeah. But the, I think there's a difference between caring for somebody and overcaring for somebody. Uh, of course. And I think it, it's, I really think it com- comes down to uh, people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we feel anxious in those times is because we're people, people pleasers. And we can't handle the fact that somebody doesn't like us. Somebody is mad at us. Somebody is, <laughs> that we didn't please that person. Like we really can't yeah. handle that. And that's the real reason why we're doing that, right? Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree. I I would have a hard time tolerating somebody's anger at me and because because of my pace, for example. Okay. Um, so what's the myth? Okay. <laughs> so what is the lesson there? I mean, definitely, if, if nobody learned you how not to be people pleaser, you need to slowly learn yourself. I mean, this is... Because... I mean, you need to learn... Yeah. I don't know. Um, if nobody taught you how to... Uh, how not to care, not how not to over care then, unfortunately, but uh, you need to do it yourself. Um, so to separate, I mean, to I need to notice when I over care and when I care, because many times I really want to do something for someone. And many times I don't want to, like, I don't know, driving, I want to have a relaxed drive mm-hmm. but i can't so um so i need to i need to learn to to do it and this is one thing the other what, thing- what did you used to believe before so like now you believe that when somebody's honking or when you're at the doctor's office somebody calls you you shouldn't feel nervous. You shouldn't feel anxiety. You should just relax and just do your thing the way you should keep driving the the, the speed that you want to drive. You should yeah. 
pack your bag the way you do. If some, I, I, I don't have to post just because I feel pressure to, by somebody to post. Yeah. So that's the, the lesson, thing, right? We shouldn't be pressured yeah. by other people to do something that we don't, we otherwise would not have done. Right. Yeah. But what was the, that's the truth. But what did you used to believe? I used to, I used to believe that, um, I people around me need to be pleased, need to feel nice, need to probably that I can control what other people can think about me. Because, you know, uh, underneath people pleasing is a controlling trait and that I can control uh, how other people will see me. And how people... But why do you need to? Why do you want other people to see you in a certain way? Um, I mean, not not only to see me, but how they feel uh, around me. So, so this is kind of connected. If they if they feel nice around me, they will see me as well like that. But the whole vibe will be nice. So. Um, then I will not have uh, unpleasant situation or I will not have, uh, I don't know, their expectations or anger at me, you know, pointed. So what was the question? What's the myth? Like what did you used to believe? That, that if somebody honks from you from behind, that, that you have to speed up. Like, that's yeah, the yeah. right thing to that, do. That I should course correct according to other people. The right, so the right thing to do is to for you to change yourself to please other people. Yeah, yeah. That's what you used to believe. Yeah. Okay. So now, now let's work with that. What's the what's the what's what's the belief there what what's the common saying right that people say about that like why do you think that why do you think you believe that right like for example like in korea mm -hmm. in asia there's a saying that like um Like Korea is a very, um, like America is a very individualistic country. Mm -hmm. Like, like meaning, you know, like I'm an individual, right? Like it, we're less about society and others. We're more about individualism. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of other countries, right? Like a Asian countries, China. Like obviously, like the the Russia because of like the Soviet Union are very socialistic, meaning others before myself, right? Yeah. Like it's in Korea, it's 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 more about being part of the society, caring more about others, the the mm -hmm. the bigger group than myself, right? Whereas in in America, it's like you know, it's more individualistic. Like I gotta watch out for myself, and like you know, it's more 
more like that. And I think the, the downside of that, uh, that teaching of like always being selfless, always caring about other, putting others before your, you mm-hmm. is what I think what makes Asian people so like, I'll just talk about Koreans because Koreans is a culture that I know. That's what makes Koreans so compliant. It's so easy to tell Koreans what to do and they'll listen to you mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. like they, they, they're so that it, 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 I think when you live in a society where it's all about like putting others before yourself, it, it creates a society of people pleasers. Yeah. And when you have a society of people pleaser, it's really easy to manipulate them. It's really easy to, it's really easy, easy for like, like, you know, narcissistic psychopath to, to mm. take advantage of them. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. That's why like it's it should be a balance, right? We we should we should care about ourselves first, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we should also care about others. Or something like that, sure. right? Okay. So, or some I don't know. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like um yeah, I don't know what. Because for me, whenever myth, whenever this kind of things happen, the reason why it's like so obvious to me is because I always used to I I live my life based on a set of beliefs. Oh, I believe that I have to be kind. I have to care about other people. I have to be a good citizen in this society. Therefore, when somebody's honking at me. You know, I have to be respectful and I have to speed up and I should be, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm letting them down. And, and I, you know, that's what, that's the belief that I believe in, right? That's how I, for me to be a good person, the good, a good person would speed up and wouldn't let that person, you know, whatever, something like that. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that's it here though. I don't think you, I, I don't think you were doing that because you were trying to be a good person. I think you were doing that out of, I think it's, it was more out of fear and, mm-hmm. and anxiety than trying to be a good person. Right. I mean, it's probably blended, but, um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is definitely for me, an imposter syndrome, like this is not good enough. So it needs to be, yeah. you know. Faster. For me, it's like this, right? I ha- I live my according uh, my life according to some set of beliefs that I believe is true, and I live like that. It's like oh, la, 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 I'm going living my life, living my life until something happens, right? Mm-hmm. Which completely throws that off, and that's when I realize I was wrong, and then I do this. And then that's when I like, for example, when 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 I was running my agency, I thought I was like, I, this place will fall apart without me. Like I have to, I'm the glue that's holding everything together. Like I, like I literally, if I just walk away for one day, like everything was going to mess, right? Mm-hmm. But then one time I was forced to go away for a week. I had no choice, right? And then when I came back, nothing fell apart. Everything was smooth. People actually stepped up, and I was like, holy shit, like that's that completely debunked what I used to my 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 belief, 
my bullshit belief that somehow my body believed that oh i'm so nervous what's gonna happen if i go away for one week everything's gonna fall apart what's like and every day i was gone i was so worried it was like like did the office get set on fire did is this client hate me now did we fuck this up like i'm but then when i came back nothing everything was perfect people actually stepped up and solved all these problems and i was like holy shit like you did that oh my gosh you did that like it surprised me Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I was able to let go more and, and trust them more and, and let go of that control. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. But the reason why that was such an aha moment for me is because I used to believe something which completely turned out to be false. Do you understand what I mean? Okay. So have you had moments in your life like that? Where, do you understand what I mean? Like maybe... You know, you were in a relationship where it was like, oh, I need this person. I can't even imagine my life without that person. But then when you actually break up and you move on, you're like, oh, actually, I never needed that person. Like something like that. Like those are the five second moments. Those are the aha moments. Right. And I have so many of them in my life that I just have to start from that. Okay. And sometimes, actually, you know what? That's one. Okay. I think we're getting somewhere now. (laughs) Sorry. That's good. So one is the aha moments, right? So that's one way to find this myth truth. Mm -hmm. What are some of these aha moments, right? Like, and I say it all the time, right? Like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I used to be so afraid to like, Go talk to a girl. Oh my god! What am I? Okay, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go go say this joke. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try this line. And this, no, that's stupid. Oh, let me say this. While I'm sitting there thinking about it, like ten minutes passed by, twenty minutes passed by, and then now she left. Now I can't even. <laughs> like right, like things like that happen. Or like maybe I. Oh, I have to. Um, maybe I have a question to ask in the meeting, and then and I was like, oh, should I? Might raise my hand. Should I? Uh, should I raise my hand? I'm waiting for the right time. Okay, uh, I'm gonna raise my hand once this guy finishes stop stops talking. But then, but then as soon as he stops talking, somebody else starts talking. I'm like, okay, should I? I'm look, and then finally, like the meeting's over, and I never like. There's so many times where I was afraid to take that action, right? Mm-hmm. But then, one time, when I actually did it, it was, it was I didn't even think about it. Right, and then I was able to do it. Like, what happened was, I found in that moment what I realized is that the more you think about it, the harder it becomes to do it. Okay. When you said uh, about the ha moment, maybe, maybe the maybe it's all calm. Well, well, that's only one way. That's just the okay. first way. There's a, there are other ways. Okay. Do you wanna? Continue with what the you wrote. Way, okay. The second way is this. What I realized, this is something I realized recently. When I watch a movie or a YouTube video or something like that, or mm-hmm. I, I, I'm having a conversation or something like that. Okay. There are certain things that catches my attention more. For example, <laughs> um, I was watching this uh, YouTube video documentary about how Nike started, 
right? Like the whole history of Nike and how Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, how he used to be, um, he, when he was like uh, um, young, he used to sell encyclopedia door to door, but he, he had to leave and, you know, he had to come back home because he was just terrible in sales. But then later on, when he was selling his shoes outside of, out of his tr- trunk, it was really easy for him to sell it because he was, he, he was convicted on the, he believed in the product. He was so passionate mm-hmm. about the product that, you know what I mean? And that story resonated with me so much that, I mean, the whole story goes into so many different, like there's that lesson, there's a lesson of how they got sued and he was resilient and blah, blah, blah. Oh, like there, there were probably dozens of business lessons in that video. Okay. But the one thing that stood out for me was that when he said uh, how he couldn't sell encyclopedia, but right. Well, because I've also experienced it in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Okay. So the lesson is like, we think that we're not good in sales, but it's not that you're not good in sales. It's that you don't believe in the product. Right. And I, like, I've learned lesson about that, uh, about, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, and sometimes like, sometimes like, remember I told you about the Simon Sinek thing, right? So was it something? Was it something that you've already thought about? And actually, this is a lesson you learned. So you just kind of, you were reminded by that of your own lesson that you mm-hmm. learned. Or you learned the lesson by watching both them. Both. Sometimes I've already learned the lesson. Like in, in this case, I already learned the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes I already learned the lesson. Now I just got a new example of it. <laughs> okay. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Well, this this was like a really, really simple one. But a little bit more c- complex one would be like... Um, a little bit more complex one would be like the Simon Sinek one, right? Oh, do you love your wife? When was the moment exact moment when you when you loved your wife right and then that with how for me that hit me because i'm like oh shit that's true like a lot of the times when i build relationship with people it was because of all these small talks and these little situations that happened over the years is what made me build relationships with them i can't i whenever i try to force a build if I try to get really close with somebody like in a short period of time and I try to force it, <laughs> it never happens, right? The real relationships are built over long, like something like that, right? So some, sometimes I'll hear something from a, you know, from someone or from a movie or whatever it is. And it hits me because they were able to articulate in words what I was feeling, like, I didn't know that was happening, but once you say it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like when I said, like, do you think that has something to do with people pleasing? Like when people, somebody honks and blah, blah, you're probably going like, oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. What I think, so, I mean, your lessons 
sound fancy. My lessons sound boring. Uh, for example, uh, like recently, you know how when in movies, some like, um, I don't know, romantic movie where um, a lady is single and she's now in her new apartment. So she's like, you know, painting uh, with music. So she's like there with maybe some Like wine. those YouTubers. <laughs> so... Yeah, so they are, she's in her like move and you, you see them, you see how she is enjoying, there's some music there. Mm -hmm. um, and when I watch that, I, I think about myself, I'll be probably, oh my God, I need to do this. I hate my life. I need to paint this wall or something. Um, so the thing is everyday life, um, in many parts of that day, when you need to do something that you don't like, it's boring. So for me, it's it's boring. It's painful to, I don't know, mm -hmm. vacuum, clean your, your mm -hmm. home or something. Uh, so I was thinking about that and, you know, like how to... You know, why, why is this so boring? So, and why... And I also thought, like, why is so quiet? Because I don't think about, I like music, but I don't kind of, it doesn't click for me to just turn it on. So I was like, okay. And what I did, like, okay, let's, let's try to force this a little bit. Let's do, to do this on purpose. Like every the day. The same thing with like, vacuuming, like cleaning, like you don't yeah, do to, it because. Yeah. If I don't like to do it, but to kind of put here and there one or two things that I can, that maybe is, is going to do me some, do some pleasure for me. Yeah. Do a, do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I needed to, to kind of force it. It wasn't like, mm, I woke up and I turned on music mm -hmm. and everything is nice. And after that, so I, I kind of now have much easier that, that impulse, like, mm, maybe some music here. Okay. Maybe something, mm -hmm. uh, but it was forced at the beginning and probably it is now as well, but not that much, but I needed that push, you know, for, to maybe have a little bit more pleasure in unpleasant things. So, so my lesson for me is that, you know, I need some push because these things are not going to just happen. You need to make them happen. So, and when was the moment you realized that? What I found, I think I had this feeling like it's kind of a boring and sad. Like if, if I do things like this, it's, it's boring yeah. and it's sad. It, it's kind of a... What's boring and sad? To be um, in your home because I'm writing something or... Um, I'm doing something around home. So if this is the day where I'm longer hours alone and it's quiet, so that kind of, you have some chores, it's quiet, you know, I, I don't know, some kind of sad feeling there in that, you know, because then you don't talk, you don't have anyone to talk to. So that kind of 
I don't know, sad okay. feeling out of that born. It's not only boredom. It's more that you are alone in, in that. Uh, so what's the realization know. you had? That uh, nothing better will happen unless uh, I I make it. So I can be miserable in this. Uh, okay. So when did you realize that? I don't remember the exact moment, but that thing about music. So this about music happened mm -hmm. uh, recently. I don't know, maybe a few months ago. I try not to make carousels on on things that lessons that I've learned recently because it's not. The thing is, yeah, this is another issue because I'm more aware of things that are happening right now. I don't remember what I learned. Probably I had this, some lessons on on the way years ago or something, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's vanished or something. Because No, yeah, yeah, yes you did. You did you you have huge life lessons you learned that shape the person that you are today and there like there are things that you've been doing wrong until something until some some sort of a change happened and then you changed yourself mm. right so there are lessons like that i everyone does so how but then the thing is to, that thing seems so obvious to you right now yeah and that's why it's it's I'm sorry. Okay. So the so number two is when somebody verbalizes a lesson that I've learned in my life that I, that I can feel it, but mm -hmm. I just haven't been able to verbalize it. I couldn't put it into words, and then somebody just put it into words for me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when Simon Sinek goes. Do you love your wife? When's the exact moment when, you, like, somebody's exactly verbalized, put it into words exactly how I was feeling. I, that's it. I just, you know what I mean? And when a comedian says something and, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so true, right? It's because we know we felt it, but we just didn't have the right words to for it, right? So that's, another thing right like for example when i first heard like cal newport say you know what you do is not as important as how you do it i was like oh my gosh that's it <laughs> like that's exactly how i've been feeling i just didn't know how to express it but once he said that i was able to break down what that means and like really go deeper and see like okay mm -hmm. like it wasn't like what got me here is not because Ooh, web design was my web design is was my purpose. That was my that's my why. I was born with that, and I that's not how I got here, right? The reason why I got here is because of how I do it. I just give it all, no matter what's in front of me. I just put it all, and that's how I got here, right? So once 
so sometimes like it's something that I have experienced in my life, but somebody said it in a, and this is why, you know, I consume so much content. I always, I'm always listening to podcasts or watching this documentary, blah, blah, blah. And Gigi's always looking at me like, like Gigi has zero interest in any of those things. Right. Like it's, she's, it's the exact opposite of me. Like, mm. and I, I don't know a lot of people like that, but I think that's why this is so like for me consuming those content. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like a waste of time, but I know it's not because a lot of times consuming those content, even if I knew something like I'm able to connect the dot between what they're saying and what I've experienced in my life. And that connecting the dot, that recognizing mm -hmm. that and connecting the dot is actually huge help to making content. Huge help to, for me to clarify my own ideas or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so okay, first of all, mm -hmm. one aha moment. Okay. Right? When, when did I have that realization? Those, so sometimes I find it like that. Number two is watching other people's content watching other other consuming other other stuff i'm able to connect the dot between that and what i've what i've experienced in my own life and i get lessons like that number three i forgot i forgot what i was gonna say Mm, I don't know. You had three. Yeah, there was something else, um, but I forgot. Watching content and the connecting the dots. Yeah, I can't think of it now. You know, um, well, let me let me give you two myth truth sandwich that I've been thinking about. Okay. And then you let me know if it's relatable, if you resonate with it. And then if you do, tell me why. Like what, where in your life have you experienced it? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So this oh, is. Oh, okay. I, I, I found the third one, by the way. Okay. You want to say. The third one is. The third one is when somebody. When somebody says something. When somebody gives an advice or they make a statement and um, I disagree with it. Okay. Because I know I've been, I've tried that and it didn't work for me. That's another point that, that, that's another trigger oh. that gets me to, to remember uh, the lesson, which is kind of like, I think what you've been focusing on. Right? Like, 
I hate it when people go like people are like just do what you love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like they're like that almost everything that I hear on social media I'm, I'm actually like I feel that way I feel like oh this person doesn't understand okay so so what that remind you of does that so that remind you of your lesson isn't it yeah how, how it wasn't true for me like um the other day i saw a youtuber say um i i heard a youtuber say um you know experience is best teacher mm-hmm. right <laughs> um and yes i i did say that so and i think maybe because you know for me you know what? You know what I'm tra- starting to realize is that my personality has a lot to do with it. I'm such a black and white person. Mm-hmm. I'm very all or nothing. Do you understand what I mean? So if somebody says like experience the best teacher, right? <laughs> like if if that's the lesson that I learned, I be- I believe that experience is the best teacher, then I just want to go and experience everything and learn all the blah, 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 right? That I, you know, I forget you know, that I go too far that way and then I it get, I get burned. Mm-hmm. And then now I go too far this way and then I get burned. And then I find the balance somewhere in, in, in between. I find the nuance, right? So I know the I know the dangers of this and I know the dangers of that. So then so that I can I know when to when to go more this way and when to go more this way, right? Something like that. And and that's why I can debunk this and I can also debunk this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody says experience is the best teacher, yeah, I agree, right? For example, what like the the example that she gave, she's a outdoor um she lives in her truck traveling and she's a YouTuber, right? And she says that a lot of times um people build their truck, you know, with the storage, you know, a little container for the refrigerator, all of that stuff, how 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 they think they're going to do it. But then once they go for a year and go uh, driving, traveling for a year, they change everything. Because once you actually live in a truck for a year, you realize, oh, I didn't need that, but I do need this. Oh, I didn't need this. Uh, like I, my fridge doesn't have to be that big. It could be actually smaller, but I need more storage here. Like you don't know that until you actually go out there and experience it, right? Yeah. So that's that's what she was referring to like experience the best teacher and i'm like oh my gosh that's so fucking true like i when i first started night owl nation i thought this this is what i imagined completely turned out and in every business everything that i've ever done in my life that turned out to be true i went in with one expectation and it turned out to be completely different than what i expected that's why experience is the best teacher i agree okay but so there was a point in my life when I truly, truly, truly believed that experience is the best teacher. Experience is the experience is the best teacher. No, no, no. Actually, um, I didn't believe that because there were so many t- times things that I've experienced and I didn't learn. But the reason why I didn't learn is because I was so stubborn, and it's it now it goes back to. Most people, for most people, actually, experience is not the best teacher, because even though they experience something, 
they repeat the same mistake over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what I say about doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. Is the definition of insanity? But that's what people tend to do. Okay. Right? So experience alone is not the best teacher. Reflecting on your experience and and realizing what you did wrong, and stop being stubborn, <laughs> and be willing to change. That's the real best teacher, right? So it's not just experience. Because so many people experience the same shit over and over and over and they don't learn from it, right? So the best teacher is actually experience plus reflecting on that experience and being willing to make a change. That's the real best teacher. Okay. Something like that, right? So. Okay. So that that was an example of when she said, oh, experience is the best teacher. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> most people, like, immediately my my head went to you. Most people, most people experience toxic relationships over and over and over and over, and they still don't run. <laughs> they still don't learn. Most people experience, you know, not, not being able to get healthy or fit over and over and over, and they still never learn. For most people, experience is not, experience alone is not the best teacher, right? So that's, it's, I like, even though I know what she means, mm-hmm. when somebody says something like that, I, I try to find the, the contradicting, th- I, from my own experience, I know that there's the other side of it too, right? Something like that. And it's probably also because of, it comes from experience, because I've, I myself have experienced it. So... Is this your is this your uh, carousel you are working on? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to give you the the third method. So first, aha moments. Two, watching somebody or hearing somebody, and then that reminds me of oh yeah, like they put it into words. And then number three, when somebody says something, mm-hmm. and I disagree with it because okay. I know the other side of it because from my own experience, right? But you see how all three of them are related to experience. It, like I have to be able to connect the dot back to my life. Otherwise, it's it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. If you can't connect the dot back to your own experience, it's just never going to be as good. Okay. So, so if we imagine that someone is like lazy in thinking, so this is not mm-hmm. possible for them to... to lazy and reflecting or maybe they don't i mean yeah i think two traits that i have that most people don't have is i'm i'm probably more curious than most people like i'm probably more curious than almost everyone i know Mm -hmm. and number two that curiosity makes me like like if you give me a riddle, I like I ha- I will, like I don't want the answer. Well, well, everybody just moves on. It's like okay, well, what's the answer? Well, well, I like I have to sit there for hours and try to figure it out. Like it's, it's and it's my curiosity that's doing that. So most people don't have the, uh, like most people. What I say is they're intellectually lazy. So for example, if I if I came to you and I said, 
Let me ask you this. Where do you think the word orange came from? Do you think it started with the fruit or do you think it started with the color? Like, is the fruit named after the color or is the color named after the fruit? To, to answer like right now? Yeah. Think about it. Um, so I'm thinking about what else is orange color. It's mandarin, but it's, uh, it's not orange. So probably I would say if it's first the fruit and then the color, I don't know. Yeah, why? Because uh, because if there's multiple fruits that are orange and only one is named orange, mm -hmm. it means that the fruit existed and then they decided to name the color. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know either, right? <laughs> Well, I, I didn't know either, but I, now I know. But yeah, the, you're right. The color came from the fruit. It's the reason why mm -hmm. we don't call banana yellow. It's the reason why we don't call apple red. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. Because it makes more sense that the color derived from the fruit <laughs> than we, we, we name the fruit after the color, right? Yeah. What other fruit is named after the color, right? Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure, but if you just think about it for a little bit, Logically, it makes more sense that the color came from the the fruit than the fruit came from the color, right? Mm -hmm. it, it just mm -hmm. makes more sense. But most people that I ask to I ask this question to, mm -hmm. they're like, they just randomly guess uh, uh, the color, uh, the orange. They don't even think about it. Like literally, they give me an answer within a second. It's like I don't know, or or they'll just say I don't know, mm -hmm. and they don't even try to spend the extra. 30 seconds to try to even think about it where they was like oh yeah. that's that's a good question oh let me think about it like you know actually in, in goldman sachs go ahead um when you when you were trying to solve this uh did you instantly think about other fruits as well or this came after you no, find no. out no, no, no. I, I, I try to think about where, like where, where it came from first, and then. I mean, did you, did you, did you think about other fruits like apple, banana, while you were uh, trying to solve it? Yeah, like a little bit later, I'm like, imagine like that, you know, when they discovered, um, like when they discovered apple for the first mm -hmm. time, or like. Maybe that's not a good example, but let's say they discovered banana for the first time. Like, like they didn't, they, they could have named it yellow. Like, I thought about like, how stupid would it be if they named that fruit yellow because mm -hmm. the color was yellow? <laughs> like, that's like the dumbest thing ever, right? It makes more sense that, you know, if the color, it makes more sense that somebody calls the yellow color banana. Oh, that's banana color. That makes mm -hmm. much more mm -hmm. sense than somebody that says, "Oh, that fruit is called yellow." That that makes no sense, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of obvious, right? When you think about it for a little bit. Okay, I ask this because uh, you have this muscle for for uh, thinking. But in... it's because of curiosity. It's not muscle. It's curiosity. 
Because when you have the curiosity, the muscle gets developed automatically because you're constantly doing it. You're constantly yeah. thinking about it. You're try constantly trying to figure out, solve problems. Um, Let me give you another example. Okay. In Goldman Sachs, uh, when they, they say when in job interview, they, they ask everybody this question. How many gas stations are there in the, in the United States? And there are two types of candidates. One first candidate says, I don't know. I have no idea. That's their answer. The second candidate goes like, okay, let's see. There's a, there's 50 states. There's on average this many people live in states. So there's probably this many cars. And on average, there's probably this, you know, on average, a person probably drives this many miles per hour, this m many miles per day, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And probably, and then they, they, they'll at least try to guesstimate it. Right? Yeah. Versus the, the first kind of person, which is actually majority of the people are like, I have no idea. That's their answer. They don't even stop to even try to guess it. They mm -hmm. just go immediately to, I have no idea. Right? That's what I mean by intellectually lazy. Most people are intellectually lazy because they don't even want to give it the little. <laughs> it's so kind of like there, this, right? So is there hope mm -hmm. for intellectually lazy people to make? That's that's actually my question. Because it would be nice. That's actually a good question. Because I, I actually think that that's. You know what. Mm. That is actually a big part of our job. It's actually a big part of our what we have to try to do in Night Out Nation. How can we get people to be more intellectually curious rather than intellectually lazy? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it happens all the time. Like when when I when I'm doing something. Like, you know how many people fucking DM me and ask me, oh, son, um, <laughs> they'll ask me like, oh, how did you put that subtitle on the Instagram like that? Like, this was like a couple of years, like now I think everyone knows, but a couple of years ago, like, you know, how Instagram has captioned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, how did, how did you do that? Right. Wow. How did you put caption in your, I'm like, there's a sticker on Instagram called captions. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's almost like literally like are you, you know you know that website like there's a there's a website called let me google that for you okay <laughs> like let me show <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me this this is like literally um this this is like the best um Okay. I'm going to share my screen so you can see. Okay, do you see? Uh, yes. So if... Oh, shit. So when somebody um, asks me, do you see my screen, Google? Yes, yes. 
So when somebody asks me, son, how do I put, how do I add caption on, on, on how, did you, how did you add caption on Instagram like that? I'll literally send them this link. And then it's like, come on, was that really so hard, right? And then you see the answer now. Like that's what I used to send them, but it's it's the the level of intellectual laziness in the world mm -hmm. is fucking mind-boggling to me. How people don't even want to spend the fucking five minutes to find the answer they can easily find if they really wanted to. That they just like, oh, how how do you do that? How do you immediately their answer their you know what? Actually, let I think it, tell it you, can be learned. Let me. I actually me, think it can, it can be learned. Cannot. It can. It because can. I used to be like that too. You, I used to go to. You used to not think that much and not be curious. No. no. Not not as, but I've gotten even more. Wow, like, that's so totally different to be, thing. It's it's so different from somebody that already goes to gym to kind of shrink it you know, to be looking better. But for somebody that is like coach potato to move and to regularly go well, exercise, it's different. Here's what happened. Because I used to do that all the time. Like with in my first, in one of my like older job, I used to work in IT. And I used to, I will always go to this guy and ask them. Ask him like, "Hey, I got this error. What what should I do?" And then he would literally, you know what he did? Like he would search for that in Google, and then mm -hmm. Google, and then he'll click on it, and he'll literally read it in front of me. And when you read it in front of me, there there says like, "Oh, here's one you get," and then he'll click on that link, and he'll read that in front of me, and then like it'll literally take forty five minutes to read through the document, right? And then he's like, oh, yeah, this is what you do. And then you know what? I how I would feel afterwards? I would feel like a complete loser. Mm. <laughs> because it, it, he just proved to me that, son, you're too lazy to read. So you just come and ask me. So I just pretty much just read this for you. It's not that I knew the answer that you didn't know. I just read and you don't. That's what he basically proved to me, right? through that action and and that happened again that wasn't the first time it happened again and again and again and at a certain time i just felt like a complete moron mm -hmm. <laughs> because he kept, he kept proving to me that you this is how easy it is to find the answer you just don't want to spend the 45 minutes reading and that's that started so i got in the practice of like um and that's the thing. I think people automatically assume that, oh, oh no, I'm not technical. Oh, I don't know anything about video editing, so I could never do that. Oh, I don't know anything about design, so I could never do that. Mm -hmm. Even though I, I, I wasn't born with fucking Photoshop skills implanted in my head. <laughs> so if any human big, like I was a, I was a, you know, crying baby who was, shitting and pissing on my diaper just like you at some point in my life so if i can do that then you can definitely do it <laughs> okay um yeah um I'm... so but okay mm -hmm. 
the intellectually lazy thing. I think that that's a key. Um, I mean, definitely the people that don't think need to want to think more. So if they don't want to think yeah. more, but if then they don't see that as a problem, how they're they're okay with not knowing. Yeah, like not knowing meaning. I'm not saying not know. Of course, I, of course, I don't know either, right? I'm okay with not knowing my future, but but I'm not okay with not knowing when something has been presented to me. For example, you know, when I watch a movie, I don't know if you do this, but when I watch a movie and I miss like this dialogue where he says something, I'll stop and I'll rewind <laughs> and I'll rewatch it to to catch. Okay, wait, wait, what, what happened just there? If I if mm-hmm. if I miss that, or if I didn't understand, do I'll you, go back and rewatch it. Do you watch? Do you like watch that for every movie? Do you do that for every movie, or I, I, obviously I can't do it in a the theater. But yeah, no, but I do that, that for the movie that I am interested in, like that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. But not every movie, because some movies is just on the background and you're not really watching it, right? You're yeah. Just, you're just like cooking and it's movies playing in the background or something like that, right? But if I'm sitting and we're watching a movie, I'll, and I, like, and sometimes like if I go to the bathroom and I, I'll ask Gigi what happened, and she's like, I don't know. Like, this this is what I realized when I when I went to film school. Um, you know that when most people watch movie, I realized that they actually miss like fifty percent of it. Really. Like fifty, but they're okay with it. Yeah, they're actually they they actually missed fifty percent of meaning. They didn't really fully hundred percent get the movie. Okay. There are certain things that, but then because you know, even if you miss fifty percent of it, you can still understand the movie. You can still see what happened just from the actions and things like that, right? But then when I go when I dive deeper, like like yeah, I remember in that like. You know, like there are certain scenes that I'm like, for example, I'll, I'll go to my, 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 like Gigi and be like, hey, remember the scene in Knocked Up when they were talking about Marty McFly and, uh, you know, the Back to the Future reference? Well, she's like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> she's like, I, I missed that whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, so I, I remember every little detail and I know what they were referring to. If they reference a joke, I know what that joke is about. Like, like if they reference like a different thing mm-hmm. in the movie as a joke, I'll, I understand. I got the joke, and if I don't get the joke, I'll look it up, and I'll be like, "Why is that funny?" And I'll look, you know, like I actually need to understand the whole thing, right? But most people don't feel the need to do that. Right? So, and that's the reason why I think that for me, when I watch these podcasts, these movies, blah blah blah, I'm able to connect the dot between those those things so easily and so many times when most people can't because they're just passively listening to it or they're just passively watching it mm-hmm. or something like that. I see. So curious and the other trait is neurotic, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Or you meant something different? Yeah, I, I think it is. It is neurotic.
Um, okay, so here's a, here's the two carousel ideas I have. See if you can, in your own life, mm -hmm. uh, if this resonates and see if you can find uh, some, an example from your own life, okay? Okay. Okay, this is uh, this is the one I've been working on. So, okay, so you know how people say, uh, have you heard people say this, like the power of saying no? Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, let me let me just Google it real quick. You know, when they when they say uh, you uh, you need to start saying no for something so mm -hmm. that you can say yes for some other things. So. Yeah, yeah. So so learn learn to say no, right? Like so, people say mm -hmm. that, right? Like you have to, you. Know, and I think some people even say like if you listen to Tim Ferriss and some of the really really successful people. They actually say, you know, I say no, no to almost everything so that I can say yes to the ones I really mm -hmm. want, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or something like that, right? Now, that is a myth. Well, here's the problem with that. So now I talk to 22-year-old freelance designers who read all those books from Tim Ferriss. Now they think they're Christo and they think they're fucking Tim Ferriss. They're like, no, no, I, 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 I'm not going to do that. Like they're saying no, but then they're also asking me if I can give them some opportunities for freelance projects. And I'm like, if you don't fucking have projects right now and you're looking for projects, you should be saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The the saying no is for people who have unlimited opportunities. You have too many opportunities. <laughs> That's who that is for. If you have no opportunities right now, you should be saying yes to everything. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Okay. Okay, so that's one. Mm -hmm. But this is related to still that still related. Okay. I actually think the answer is not to say no. Okay, so that's one. But related to that is, that's what I would, if, if I'm making a piece of content for that 21-year-old freelancer, that 21-year-old entrepreneur who's getting started, what I would say is, you know, people say, people say, say no so that you can say yes to the things that are meaningful. So say no to almost everything so you can say yes mm -hmm. to the thing that, that's meaningful, right? Yeah. Um I would say that's only when you have that many opportunities to say no. Right? Yeah. If you're just starting out out and you're looking for opportunities and you're looking for clients and you're looking for customers, right? Then you should be saying yes to every every everyone. Mm -hmm. Just like that movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. 
That's how you get the opportunities. And once you have all unlimited opportunities, then you can start saying no. Right? Okay. Okay. Now for the little bit more experienced, older people, the carousel okay. I would make is, you know how people say um, no? Like They say say no to everything. And only yes to the things that you care about. Like that's what Tim Ferriss says, and that's what all these mm-hmm. all these fucking business gurus that say. Well, that's bullshit too. You know why? Because if Steve Jobs only said is if Steve Jobs said no to everything except for the thing that he cared about, he would have just only focused on next computer and he would have never bought Pixar. Mm-hmm. Which is where he ended up actually, you know, most of his net worth came from Pixar. Do you know what I mean? If Elon Musk said no to everything else and he just only focused on Tesla, there would be no SpaceX, there would be no boring company. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't have bought Twitter. Like, do you understand what I mean? If you from my experience, almost every successful um ventures that came out happened almost by accident. Not because somebody said no to everything and just said yes to that. (laughs) That's not how most Mm -hmm. companies started. Do you know what I mean? Most companies became successful because they tried all these things out. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So the answer is, don't say no to everything. Don't say yes to everything. Always say maybe, and then see where it goes, and then decide whether it's going to be a yes or no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't automatically just upfront say no or yes. Okay. Start with the maybe. That that's that that's what because I think I, I see so many people making that mistake right now. Like I see. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let let me let me think of another example like uh. Mm. so when they say the power of no you mean like declining opportunities because you need to focus on one yeah Yeah. okay um but imagine um imagine uh joe rogan was like no, I got to focus on my stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do podcast. Yeah. Where would Joe Rogan be right now compared to... Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of times the answer is like, yeah, try it out. See what happens. Mm-hmm. And then... and then, But don't put all your eggs in it. <laughs> and then make a decision whether it's going to be a yes or no. You know? Don't say... Uh, Oh, I want to start a t-shirt company. Okay, order 100,000 t-shirts. Or, no, nah, t-shirt company doesn't work. Let's not do it. No. Why don't you order 500 t-shirts to see if anybody buys it or not? <laughs> and if it sells out, now buy 5,000. <laughs> and then if that sells out, then buy 50,000. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not like yes or no up front. Okay. The, the, the true answer is it shouldn't be a yes or no. 
-hmm. Everything should be a maybe. Because and that's how you diversify your your investments. You know what I mean? I see. So does that resonate with you? Like everyone says either some people say be a yes man, just say yes to everything. Some people say say no to everything except the one only only the things that you care about and you have to be strict about saying no. Mm. Right? Well, I would say the answer is it's neither yes or no. It's maybe. Say maybe to everything. Yeah. I have I have stories that are where actually I was doing this maybe thing. So mm-hmm. I have one I mean I had one instantly that is that happened recently that um associated me when I heard this. So do you do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. Um so I'm doing psychotherapy. Uh and I'm open to see what else is going to come out of um I don't know, maybe some other opportunities. So one colleague asked me to uh work with uh, her on some project that is uh, financed by UNICEF. And I was like Okay, so I didn't expect that. I wasn't planning it, but I mean, it's it's cool to to have that experience, and the, the topic is totally different from anything that I did before. Um, so I was like, okay, this is not according to my plans, but let's say maybe. So I didn't want to say yes or no because it's time consuming, and I could not like do psychotherapy a lot, but I wanted to do that because. It's good experience, and in your resume, it's it's nice to have that for maybe some another opportunities. So I was saying, like, show me, uh, st- send me the project, and I'll think about it and I'll answer to you. And then I read it, and I see actually that it's cool, but it's like only like 10% is what I like and 90% is like boring things that you need to do administration for those questionnaires and those uh, conversations to to work out and transcripts and everything and I was like no no this is like, <laughs> I cannot I cannot do that but was that was that a time when you were saying yes to everything before that um Maybe one short period of time uh, when I started, uh, um, I mean, when I started psychotherapy practice and when I was a lot in this uh, community of students, I was working with students. And then when you are doing public, these kind of workshops, um, people call you to go to TV and to say something about some topics. So I didn't like that, but I was like, I need to say yes, because, you know, it will open something and something will happen. Mm -hmm. So I was forcing myself to do it. And some of those uh, were totally, I mean, like what I was speaking about, one topic was to say something about... um, I don't know how how you call when when you 
you know, it's not gambling, but it's, uh, you know, when everybody buy tickets and you have like one uh, lucky star that is, like, uh, how, do, how do you call like it? Like a raffle? Like a raffle? Like, is it like a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, almost like a new year and I needed to say a word about these games and people are mm -hmm. in uh, like welcoming new year. So just, I, I don't know what was that about. So I was doing, I was saying something. So nothing for me, nothing for people that listened, but I was speaking because, you know, this is, thing that I need to say yes to because somebody called me, I need to make good relationships. They mm -hmm. will call me again and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so what happened? The time. So what I did mean, you learn? I mean, that... <sighs> Was there a point in your life where you said, you just say yes to everything, no matter what? Where you just took on, you said yes to too many things. To a point where it became overwhelming. Definitely. This is definitely. Okay. So the reason why I, I, I bring this up okay. is exactly like that. It's because that's what I experienced. I said yes to everything and I became overwhelmed. And then I heard Tim Ferriss say, you got to say no to almost everything. It's like, oh my gosh. Whoa, so true. So I started saying no to everything. But then when I say no to everything, what, I, what happened was all every opportunity went away. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what I see with a lot of people right now. Like, what I see with a lot of people is like, they you, they went, they said yes to everything, they became overwhelmed. And that they went completely the opposite way. Where they're now like, kind of, they're, they're playing small. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, like, no, no, no. Like, now they're saying no to everything, right? And they almost went to, too far the other way right when the answer is somewhere in between do you know what I mean because that's what happened to me I, like I, I was too overwhelmed mm -hmm. and then I went the opposite the other way where I'm like oh I wish I had some more opportunities now <laughs> because I because once you start saying no to everything people stop asking you because mm -hmm. they're going to be yeah. like oh yeah he's just going to yeah. say no so let's not even bother. Like in the beginning, I say yes to everything. So every weekend I was busy. Like I had to go to fucking five birthday parties and go to this week. Like I had so many things to do. And then when I started saying no to everything, now nobody even calls me. <laughs> like when something's going mm -hmm. on, right? So the, the answer is somewhere in between. It's, it's a maybe. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So that's why that... And I've experienced that whole spectrum myself. Therefore, I can recognize when other people are struggling with that. It's hard for you to recognize when somebody's struggling with something unless you've struggled with the same thing yourself. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So now I recognize that's what this is what's happening. Like I, what I recognize is that I feel like the pendulum has swung too far the other way where... Now I see everybody just saying no to everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? so when you imagine, so just to understand, like to do the reverse engineering, uh, to <laughs> 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 
how do you say it? reverse and to reverse engineer it to reverse engineer it yeah. um so so you are talking so did you have a specific person you were talking to when you wrote this uh when did i remember this yeah i think actually this one when i got the idea for it Yeah, when did I first get this idea? I think it was it was when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago. And I saw mm -hmm. that like for cuz for like like I I met with this guy his name is Craig and he's he's had all these people on his podcast. All these like influence big huge influencers on his podcast. Mhm. Mm and I asked him like, how did how did how did he get that? He's like, oh, I just reached out to them on on Instagram and all through social. I met them through also through social media, and that's you know I kept networking with them and blah blah. blah. And he he he's really good at keeping touch with them and asking for stuff and blah, 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 like things like that, right? And then I realized like, oh, I can probably do the same thing. I I can mm -hmm. spend my time on doing that and probably get get those get those people just through just networking maintaining relationship and so like you know things like that but what i realized is that so at that time what i realized is that oh i don't get as much opportunities anymore now because i've been i've said no to so many opportunities mm -hmm. and i was like mm -hmm. kind of like oh maybe i should say yes to some of those opportunities right so now I'm going to probably at oh, least like okay. if somebody reaches out to me, like this is me. When somebody reaches out to me and say, hey, should we do a collaboration? Blah, 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 I don't even reply to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Because I'm like, no, nah, I don't have time for that shit, right? Or, or something like that. But now I'm going to at least re reply to them and see what it's about. Right. I'm gonna say maybe. So it's a, it's more for myself, right? This, this, okay. this tip. By the way, how many messages you get on on like daily basis? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> more than maybe like a hundred. Yeah. Daily. Yeah, because like, but I don't reply to all of them. I don't check check them all. How do you know? I probably get a hundred. Um, well, I, I'll reply to the ones that are in my primary, like the people that I know. <laughs> okay. But like ninety percent of the messages are from people I don't know. And how many messages you get from primary inbox? Maybe like twenty. Okay. Well, that's not a lot. I thought it's more. Yeah. I mean, from the primary inbox, but yeah, from like on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. But th that that's also another thing. Like the more you say yes, the more messages you get. But because I'm, I, I say no a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. or because I, I ignore them a lot. 
you know, they stopped messaging me at some point, you know. I mean, how could you answer on 100 messages on daily basis? So if you don't answer, like, if you do the 10 days, don't... I used to, yeah. On every message? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like last year I did, yeah. <gasps> okay, good luck with that. Um, okay. Uh, so... The problem with messages is this. Um, mm -hmm. You ever have this feeling like uh, you're <laughs> you're like you know it's it's like a imagine it's like a bee beehive, right? Or a like a hornet's nest, mm -hmm. and you you don't want to poke it, <laughs> you don't want to stir it, right? So there are some people I almost don't want to reply to because I know that once I reply that they're gonna keep messaging me and I'm, I'm gonna have to keep this conversation. Like, you know, those, the people, the talkers that just keeps talking mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. Like, like so sometimes like, I'm afraid to reply to somebody like that because I don't wanna open up this like, <laughs> I don't wanna open up this thing where like now I'm gonna spend the next hour just talking to this person because I don't have time for that, right? Okay, so. so I'll, I'll purposely not reply even though it can be a quick little answer. Or something like that. So that's you know that's I mean? the person you already know. You're familiar yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's from your primary inbox. No, not always. Because like I made the mistake of replying to, like somebody will like, Hey, hey son, I just wanted to tell you that I really love this post move love. And I'll be like, Oh, thank you. And then like, and then they'll reply right away and be like, "Oh, by the way, like, blah blah blah." And then, and then they'll like force the conversation to keep going. Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. And there's people like that. Even when I go out to dinner, it's like sometimes like there's there's people where we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden this person asks me a question, and I'll reply, and they'll like keep talking to me like for the whole night, right? And I also want to talk to other people too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, so I have to like find a way to cut it off, right? So so sometimes with those people, I'll avoid them. Mm -hmm. Just so that I don't I don't even get into it. Because once I know I get into it, like it's so hard for me to cut it off. So you cannot you cannot just disappear. You know, if you open a message and if you start the conversation, you need to continue it. Yeah, I mean, there, there is not everybody, but there are people like that, where, mm -hmm. where they, you know, they they just don't get the hint. <laughs> like I'm busy. Like I don't have time to sit here and talk to you for an hour on DM. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like. Okay. Um. Okay, so. Okay, so that's the first carousel. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what would you? But what would you use for the example? You mentioned a few of them. What would you use? So. So one of the things that I would use is, uh, imagine Steve Jobs, focused on the Apple II computer. Mm -hmm. And when he went to Xerox Park for the first time and saw the GUI interface, he said, no, we got to focus on the Apple II, right? Mm -hmm. Then 
So imagine he said no to like, so here are all the other things that was going on. So there was the Lisa computer, uh, which was like the first GUI, first computer with a mouse Mm -hmm. and a screen, like screen with, you know, graphics, right? Uh, They were also working on uh, a printer, uh, a laser printer. Mm -hmm. Um, They were also working on like the Palm Pilot. There, there, there was. They were also trying to work on a, a tablet computer. They, they had a lot of different projects going on. Like there was all maybes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of them failed. But then one of them, the Lisa, ended up becoming the Macintosh. The tablet that failed, fifteen years later, ended up becoming the iPhone. Okay. Yeah. And so and and the printer when when he was working with Canon to make the first personal laser printer, it became the first uh personal laser printer ever in the market, right? So all of those things happened because there were there was a lot of maybes. <laughs> right? Like if if okay. Steve Jobs just said so that's one example, right? That I would say. So, Another example I can give. So if you use yeah. that one in the carousel, then you need to explain that. I mean, in like. Well, I mean now right, now we need like, to actually I need to actually figure out a different example or something like that. Like that one, maybe I will do this to make it really really simple. Mm-hmm. I would say something like, uh, if Steve Jobs just focused on computers. There will be no Pixar. If Elon Musk just focused on PayPal, there will be no Tesla and SpaceX. You know, like mm-hmm. I, w- I would give ex- a few examples like that of if these people, like I would give examples of how a maybe turned into a, a huge successful product, mm-hmm. which if they said no to, it wouldn't have, right? Either that or maybe another example I'll give it is like the, the one I told you, right? Like, imagine if somebody, if, if your friend asks you, hey, do you want to come out with us tonight? And you say no. And imagine you did that 100, 100 every day to everyone. Do you think anybody will ever ask you to, do you think anyone will ever call you again to ask? At some point, they're going to stop asking. And that's how most people lose opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, personally, I like the previous one more because it's more, I don't know, obvious. Not obvious, but it's more effective, I think. It's connected to business. In relationships, uh, it's similar. But, you know, maybe. What means maybe in a relationship? Mm. Imagine, Imagine Jeff Bezos. Do you know Amazon, when they first started, it was an online bookstore, right? I heard of it, I think, from you, maybe. Okay. So imagine Jeff Bezos is like, no, we're an online bookstore. That's what I'm going to focus on. And then somebody's like, hey, maybe you should do an online marketplace. Oh, hey, here's an opportunity. Do you want to create all this server? Do you want to start selling server space? He's like, no, no. 
No. <laughs> Imagine he did that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a- Amazon makes most of its money from AWS. Did you know that? What's AWS? AWS is their server. They, You know, they sell servers. AWS is uh, Amazon Web Services. Okay. So they sell oh, server space. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. And that's actually the most profitable part of their business. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but- I, I think something like, like, I think the majority of, I think AWS hosts more stuff on the internet than any other servers in the world. Like, I think they're, they're even, their servers are actually even bigger than like Google or any other hosting company. Wow. So, wow. So imagine Jeff Bezos like, no, I gotta, I gotta, my focus is on online shopping. Uh, I can't focus, I can't, I don't have time to do with servers. Well, then AWS wouldn't exist. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like most of the biggest businesses you see right now all started from a maybe. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Okay. I mean, good carousel. Uh, well done. <laughs> the second one is this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people talk about like being first, like being first, like being innovative. Being first. Being, oh, okay. Yeah, you need to be first in something. This this is actually a lesson lesson that I learned a while ago, but I don't know why I brought it up. I don't know what triggered this to come up. So you mean like being being the first one with some idea or with some yeah, product? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like. You want, you want to be the first to come up with the, the mm-hmm. you want to do something original. Like, mm-hmm. and some people call it like blue ocean strategy, right? Like, have you heard of that blue ocean? Like they say, don't compete with an existing thing. Just invent something new and yeah. create a new market. Right. Yeah. And that's what the Apple iPhone did. Right. Right. Like, um, like iPhone was the first smartphone. Right. Like, so that's why they have the biggest market share. Coca-Cola mm-hmm. was the first soft drink right that's why they have the biggest market share and yeah you know be the first that that it's called the first movers advantage right it's just be the first um well here's why that's a myth i've actually been you know like for me i can use that as an example but it also applied for me in my personal life is you actually never want to be you. You never want to be first. The best place to do be be is second. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I know that you know if someone is like president and vice president. So I was always thinking it's much better to be vice president because nobody is like putting you in a spotlight, but you have. Like, yeah, that, that's a good example. Yeah. And like every yeah. beneficials of that, you you get you get all of the you get most of the majority of the benefits without any of the risks. Yeah. Right. So that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, another 
the other thing is, you know, Macintosh actually wasn't the first. Um, Macintosh actually wasn't the first computer with a mouse. Okay. It was. It was a. It, it was a Xerox. <laughs> the first. Because Steve Jobs got that idea from Xerox. <laughs> One day he went to Xerox Park and he saw how they did it. And Xerox actually, you know, like a couple years before the Macintosh came out, Xerox actually came up with their own GUI computer first, but it was garbage. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a failure. And then what, so what Steve Jobs does, so you know Apple never comes up, Apple is never the first mover. They're, they're not the... Apple doesn't actually invent brand new products. What they do is they look at somebody who's already done it and mm-hmm. how they did it, what are the areas they failed, and they, they, they make their version better. That's what Apple's good at. So, you know, like iPhone actually wasn't the first smartphone. Um, there's a, um, there was a computer called General Magic. There was a company called General Magic, which actually tried to make something like the iPhone, like back in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> failed miserably. A lot of the people, engineers that worked on in that company, Steve Jobs recruited them, and those are the people that created iPhone. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, like this. This happens in you know Alexander Graham Bell is not the one who invented the telephone. Thomas Edison didn't invent the um, didn't invent electricity. Tesla mm-hmm. did, right? Like, so what happens a lot of times is. Usually the, the real inventors invent something for the first time and it fails horribly in the marketplace. And then the second person comes in and figures out what went wrong and they make the next version better. And it, 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 this applies in everywhere, like the president, vice president thing. Um, um, another example is like, there's a huge difference between the first generation iPhone and the second generation iPhone. Just the second generation iPhone is so much better than the first generation iPhone. Yeah. Um, almost every product, like almost um, every product is like that, right? Like uh, the second version is so such a huge improvement from the first, like. The people who buy the first version, it's almost like a, they're guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. You got what you got, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's like that, you know, people who bought the first Teslas? Oh, my gosh. You know, you know how shitty the first, <laughs> the first Teslas were? <laughs> so, it's, it's actually not, you know, people... So I guess what, what I'm trying to say is like the myth is that, hey, you, you always want to be first, right? You want to be number mm-hmm. one. But actually, no, no, you don't want to be number one. You want to be number two. <laughs> the best place to be is number two. I think it's the same thing in like battle, right? Like, you know. It, you don't want to be in the first When, when you're in war, if you're the first one, most likely you're going to get killed. Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that one is something I've experienced myself. Like, and I, 
because I think I've 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 always been I've never been number one. And I don't I don't know how I thought of this, but you know there's like um you know there there's like a kind of like a bell curve like this. You see that? Oh, the Gauss curve. So, you know, here's the early adopters, like people who mm-hmm. first, th- those are the ones, the, the guinea pigs, and then here's like the second movers, and then here's like the majority, and then here's the late bloomers, right? Like the late bloomers are the people that buy, <laughs> like people who still, people who still uh, use flip phones right now, <laughs> they're like the late mover. The people who bought the first iPhone ever came out, they waited in line for nine hours to buy the first iPhone. They're the early adopters. So I was never that. Mm-hmm. And I was never the... The last one. The last one. But not even the second from the last one. Mm-hmm. I, I bought the second... I, I bought the iPhone, the second generation iPhone. I always bought the second generation of everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I never took the risk of being the early adapter, but I've always like I was a, always the second around, right? I always waited to see what happens first before I do the next thing. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Like even in even this like I, I never had the vision to buy. Like I never I never bought Bitcoin in the early days. I bought it like I, I didn't buy it in the first Bitcoin craze. I bought my Bitcoin in the second craze. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's what I mean. Like that. I I always felt like I was always a little bit behind the um the the first mm-hmm. curve, but like a little bit ahead of the second set of people. When I heard uh, that you know people say that you need to be first in something to have first idea or something i instantly thought about one uh, psychotherapist um, from serbia and she's the first person that uh, brought this uh, psychotherapy approach on balkans and uh, so it was maybe in i don't know in 80s you know, it was, she's really old, maybe even, I don't know, something like that. Like um, 1980s? Yeah. Or she was like in her 80s? Uh, no, 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 in 1980s. Okay. okay. Um, so, so she was the first one. And, uh, but uh, later on, every time I would watch her interview, she would brag about the fact that she is the first one uh, even though what she was saying and her approach and the quality of her program i you know don't uh, don't see that i would not recommend that her way of working to anyone else but she's the first one so she's kind of neglecting the parts where actually she needs to the fact that she was the first one doesn't mean that she is still the first one and that she's i don't know just have um weak spots you know in her 
judgment. So this is what I had on my mind when I was watching this, uh, listening. Um, and I guess the pressure is, is less when you are the second, because You know the the um, it's a it's a thing like uh, it's kind of a curse of a talent child. You know when when they say like you you know you're so good at this um, you're perfect, uh, and then this uh, child is so stressing out because they cannot uh, they need to maintain this because now this is the norm but uh, the child they didn't have a lot of expectation they're like ah, la 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 they're going through life and um without that pressure so the curse of the gifted well how does that relate when you say it's better to be the second one because if you're the first one you need to maintain to be the first always. You cannot be the first one time. You need to be first the next time. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Because now that's the norm. Yeah, I mean, that's not what I meant, but... I know, I know. That, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going more in business way and... Well, if you're number one and people see you as number one, that means it's you haven't failed. What I'm talking about is usually like, okay, usually the first person to do something or the first try of something, you never hear that. <laughs> That's a story that you don't, it's not, it's not even written in the history books. What's written in the history book is actually usually the second person who did it. And you know how like history is written by, they say history is written by winners. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Thomas Edison is not going to give any credit to Tesla. <laughs> Even though Tesla was like the first one to really, you know, mm. uh, you know, like he in was the one who was promoting DC. Yeah. Instead of AC. Like, and even though like, you know, I think before Alexander Graham Bell, there was another Italian inventor who actually invented it, and Alexander Graham Bell kind of stole the idea. But Alexander Graham Bell is not going to... Now that, you know, Alexander Graham Bell became the Bell Company, which became AT&T, now they're a huge giant. They're not going to go back and be like, oh, yeah, somebody else invented the... Like, mm. you know, like, winners write the history books. So usually the the ones that we think are the first ones that wrote the history that you know that they're the number one usually are actually number two and they killed off the number one <laughs> so you're advising people actually that they need to steal the idea and to win uh, someone's idea yeah i mean because there are there are millions of number ones who fail do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And out of those millions of number ones who fails, one of them might succeed. Like, most people fail, 
most people that try new stuff fails. But then one might succeed, right? Mm-hmm. But then not really. It's kind of like that Xerox thing. They don't really succeed because they don't know how to bring it out into the marketplace or they don't know how to do it right. So let me give you an example. The reason why Xerox failed in, making, in being the first GUI computer is this. You know, Xerox's mouse worked in a, you know how, like, if you look at um, a ball, ball track mouse, the, mm-hmm. so one of Apple's genius designs, the ball track mouse, where you can, you can scroll diagonally. Mm-hmm. Xerox mouse wasn't like that. Xerox mouse is you can only go left or right or top or bottom, like oh. left or right or top or bottom. So if, here, imagine here's a screen and I want to scroll from here to here. I have to go scroll boop, and then dip, 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 dip. like that's how I had to do it. Also, you cannot have windows more than one window open at a time. So if I have, mm-hmm. if I'm using Microsoft Word and I have this open and now I want to use internet, like if I want to use Chrome, I have to close out of Microsoft Word and open Chrome. And so I can have multiple windows open, right? And plus there was a lot of other things too. But Steve Jobs recognized those flaws. I see. He knew that nobody's going to use a GUI computer if the only thing you can do is like, you have to scroll all the way across and scroll up and then scroll like, the, like you know what I mean? And so he understood those little things that, that Xerox failed on that he knew was going to make the difference. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... I didn't know that that about mouse is really funny story or one window to be open. Yeah, I mean, that's how Xerox did it. And then that's like Steve, Steve Jobs fixed it in the Macintosh. Yeah, I mean, like when you, when I was listening to you, this this was the most um, accented in my brain when I was listening. So. So, yeah. But you see how, here's the thing, right? This is, this is why I always give examples. Because if I said, you know, the first version usually fails because they didn't do it quite right. And mm-hmm. then the second version does it right, right? Yeah. Like when I said that, you're like, oh, okay. But then when I actually gave the example, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense, right? Like, yeah. that's why examples are so important. Yeah. Without example, it kind of sounds... I don't know. Uh, it sounds cliche. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have more money, you can uh, cr- took someone's idea and actually put more resources and make, make it, it better. better. Yeah. It's like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then this is what it, it translates to. Like, I give you an example of what it translates to, right? This is more like if you... Are you trying to like mentalize how other people are going to use it? Then you can make something more ergonomic or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. no. Okay. So, your myth would be you need. What would your myth? How would you say what's your myth? Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, this one, I don't, the second one, I don't feel as strongly about it. Just because it's not like a, a lesson that I personally learned. It's just something I observed. Mm-hmm. But if I were to do it, and I guess I, I the reason why I also wouldn't do it is because 99.9% of people in the world are not trying to be number one. <laughs> so, like, who's this content for, really, right? Like, because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I guess the what, what I would say is, like, You know what? Now that I think of now that we're talking through, like the real the better lesson would be, you know, like everybody wants to be first in something, right? Oh, we're the first online therapist, online therapist who does it like this. Nobody else likes it, does it like that. We're the only one who does it, right? Or like, oh, you know, we're the first, like. I, I do the same thing. We're the first online course where, you know, we we meet on Zoom and we have, you know, weekly calls, blah, blah, blah. Like, nobody, like we, everybody wants to be the first. Everybody wants to be the only one mm-hmm. that nobody else is doing. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, that's not always good because, you know, if, there's a reason why everyone does it that way. <laughs> it's not because those companies are stupid. You know what I mean? No. But I, even that that doesn't sound like I mean if you were if you were to ask me like 3 years ago that's that's probably the carousel that I make but I don't even know if I truly believe that anymore. So I mean it, does that contradicts with contradict with uh your desire to make the best websites or no, because the best is different than being number one. Like being, when I say number one, I'm not I talking know, about you mean best. like being the first. Yeah. yeah. But just the thing that it's kind of, um, I don't. It's easy to mix these two when yeah. you hear it. To be the best and be the first. Yeah. I mean that is, I guess that the second one is not really that great of an idea. I actually this one I would just keep like you know like if I really want to make a carousel that people are going to get I would probably keep it simple like um you know people say mm-hmm. uh be the first, right? Or first first mover's advantage, that's what they call it. Like you know what I mean? Mhm. Like you know, the, the reason why, you know, the reason why Amazon is so big is because they were the first or the reason why Google. See, but that's 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 the thing, right? Google wasn't the first search engine. Yahoo, Excite, AltaVista, Lycos, you know, Ask Jeeves, all of those, like they were the first MSN, like. So, so. I actually think Yahoo was the first engine, first first search engine. So and and not, like we all know what happened to Yahoo, right? <laughs> so Google was actually not the first. Mm-hmm. 
So there, there's a good example. So maybe I would, people say, you know, be, you know, every, here's what I would say. Be first, right? Every, uh, hook. Mm -hmm. First mover's advantage. Okay. Um, everybody wants to be, every entrepreneur wants to be the first, right? Oh, and then I'll, maybe I'll put like a little quote that says like, uh, we're the first blank to do this. <laughs> we're the first company to do blank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Okay. Well, here are the first, here are all the other companies that were first to do something. <laughs> like, and then I'll put example, like Xerox, Xerox Park versus, <laughs> you know, Apple Macintosh, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like Alta Vista versus Google, <laughs> right? Like Nicholas mm -hmm. Tesla versus Thomas Edison, like, or, or whoever the inventor of the Alexander phone versus Alexander Graham Bell, right? So I'll, I'll put examples of like the one that first did it versus the, 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 the person that actually perfected it, right? Okay. So that people, and then I'll maybe like even put, put a little caption there first, second. <laughs> First, first, Yahoo. Second, Google. <laughs> first, Xerox. Second, Apple Macintosh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'll do that. And then at the end, I'll say, you know, maybe the line should be something like, um, being first isn't always the best. And then I'll add, um, you know, the first always has to take all the risks, mm -hmm. but usually the second gets all the, all of the benefits. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Well, or like what we said before, like number number two gets all most of the all the benefits of the first without any of the risk, mm -hmm. and then maybe the final is like, you know, don't try to be number one, try to be number two, because <laughs> by the time you're number three, that sucks too, right? Because you're now you're just like. Repeating Coca Cola versus Pepsi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like the second. You're you're just not good enough for that, but you're just like you know what I mean. Okay, so you're like yeah. So, um, well, is this a good enough carousel for for your standards? Yeah, I think that. I, I what do you think? I I think when you would that make you go is like oh I never thought of it that way. Um. Yeah, I didn't have like the the strong um, uh, impression because we were talking through it. But if I was reading, I guess it would be. The what What did you think when I first said it? Like. All during the beginning, when I first said, you don't want to be first, you want to be second. And I gave you the example of, um, example I instantly, I, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. 
I don't know. But uh, my mind went instantly on president and vice president. And that, that actually I was thinking how cool it is to be vice president. So... And, and what... So what did you think about the idea of number two versus number two? Number one versus number two. It makes sense. And when you when you show me example with the mouse, well, this made sense a lot because somebody learned on, on someone's mistake, you know. So it, it made sense. What about... Um... So which part was more like, wow, when you first heard it and then you thought about the president, vice president thing, or just now when I repeated the whole carousel, how I would do it? Um, well, the, the most impacted moment was when you show me example with the mouse. So the line and like this and two windows. So this was like the most impactful moment. Why do you think that is? Because it's so obvious. It's, I don't know, I, I could imagine it. So I literally, I imagined, uh, I don't know, using that mouse and having only one window open, it's, it would be like really frustrating to, to yeah. turn it off and it's turn such it a off. small it's such a small uh improvement yeah but such a huge impact on the usability yeah so that it's kind of I, I could relate to the experience probably that's why it was more impactful it was the most impactful um more than thinking about this company or that company, it's kind of a little bit detached. But this was like, mm, oh my God, so they used actually the, they upgraded something. So, so it has nothing to do with the number one, number two concept. It's like outside of that, I mean, that in itself. The example in itself moved me more than the other examples because I could relate to them more than I could relate to Edison or Tesla. What about uh, Yahoo and Google? It's same thing. <laughs> um, also like, you know, Tesla is not the first electric car company, right? Did you know oh, that? I didn't know that. Yeah. How do you the, know that? There was another. There's another electric car company that made an electric car, just like Tesla. It it it, it could go for like pretty long distance. I think it can, it, you can drive on it for a hundred miles. Uh, but nobody's even this car. They only made fifty of it, and nobody's ever even heard of it. Wow. Okay. okay, so so okay let's say i told you the story about the the macintosh right mm -hmm. how you can sc you scroll like blah, blah, blah. what do you what is the lesson that you took out of that story that example um the lesson is that 
someone put themselves in user shoes and uh, change the, you know, upgraded something. So, so somebody learned from someone's previous mistake. <laughs> so why, okay, like we, we learn from previous mistakes all the time. So why is that example so special? What makes that example stand out to you? What is it about it's, that example stands out to you? It's funny. It's funny to imagine. I never imagined that there is a computer with only one window and that you can move mouse only like in four yeah. directions, you know? So the the whole concept is moving because it's not, maybe we are too adapted to some other reality. So, um, I guess it's something like that. Probably I, I felt that pain of having only one window open. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, most most first inventions are like that. Like, I think the first version of Tesla was terrible. I think you can only drive like, you know, like I think the first version of Tesla you can only drive for like an hour before after you recharge or something wow. like that. And then I think you had to like when you whenever you recharge you you had to charge like <laughs> you had to charge charge for an entire like two, for a full day before you can you can use it again. So it was completely unusable, you know. Like most first version of the products are completely unusable. Mm -hmm. The first telephone was unusable because nobody else had a telephone. Like even if you had a telephone, if nobody else has a telephone, <laughs> it's not usable, right? But that's why Alexander Graham Bell set up the network so that people can actually talk to each other, right? Yeah, like, this the, is the, also another great example. Imagine you have a phone and you don't have anyone to call because nobody yeah. has a phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but that, that is so true. It's like the that's why the second invent, second person is usually the best is because you know phone is useless without mm. you know <laughs> without the phone lines, right? A a television is useless. Without TV shows, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's why that's why the that's why the first the first version of the products usually fail. It's because it's just a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. It's not. It, there's a huge gap between inventing a pro new thing to actually making it like fe mm -hmm. usable in the marketplace. Yeah, from inventing to to be usable. It's so long. The first iPhone was a garbage. You know that the, when the first iPhone came out, there was no such thing as an app store. Like what makes smartphones so amazing is the concept of app stores, right? Yeah. That you can install different apps on it. Yeah. Well, the first version of iPhone didn't have that. It was just a phone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
it, so it wasn't really special. It was just people bought it because it looks cool and it was Apple. But usability wise, it was garbage. It, it, it's on the second generation when they when they launched the App Store, mm-hmm. and that's when I bought it. What you year know, was that? Now, maybe uh, two thousand eight, I think. Okay. Um, so, when you heard that, uh, to me, the most impactful uh, example was the one with the mouse, uh, and when I told you why it was, what did you get get out of it, this? I guess what I got out of it is... Okay, here's what I think. I think the reason why um, that was the most... I think that the reason why you... I think the reason why you thought that was like the coolest part was because right before that I said um, Xerox had the idea but they didn't do it perfectly, right? And and then Apple made an improvement on that product, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you were probably thinking in that mind was like, yeah, but okay, yeah, Im- improvement, just like iPhone 10, iPhone 11, like <laughs> yes, improvement. But like, what? Why is that? How can that possibly make? How can that little thing like that make such a big difference, right? But then when I gave you the example, I think that's when you realize how huge of a difference that would be from a user's point of view. Even though, even from the technical point of view, it was a small, simple thing, yeah. right? From the user's, it, it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a big thing, but actually when you're from a user's perspective, it's a huge difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why. But it, don't don't you feel the same way when I said the first generation didn't have an app store? The second generation iPhone had an app store. I mean, you can see the night and day difference between those two, also, right? Yeah. Yeah, not that vivid uh, impression, but um, but for example, when you said, uh, imagine you have a phone and you don't ha- don't have anyone that you know to call Mm -hmm. so this is also that's even bigger yeah yeah do you know like do you know why google is so uh do you know why google is so much more accurate than yahoo or was back then Mm. no because it was a huge when google came out it was such a big deal like because when google first came out they were a tiny little company they weren't they, they didn't make it they were just college kids who they were just phd students who made this thing okay and just through word of mouth it spread so a, another developer that i know sent it to me and said hey and then i tried it i was like holy shit this shit is so accurate like whatever i searched for the results are so accurate because before 
I thought Yahoo was useless. Every other search engine before Google was pretty much useless. Because like no matter what, what, what I'm looking for on Yahoo, it never gave me the right answer. Do you understand Why? Me? And the reason why is because, and, and what makes Google special is Google's what's called page rank algorithm. And that's what makes Google different from any other search engines. And it's like a, it's their biggest like proprietary uh, algorithm. And what, what the page rank algorithm is, is on Yahoo, they use different algorithm. Like for example, if I went on Yahoo, Mm-hmm. And said, um, you know, how do I like the the question uh, the the question from before, right? Like, uh, how do I? What was the question I asked before? Like, how do I add caption on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> if I search for that, then and then let's say I made a website. And all I did was I, I, I typed in, how do I make a, I typed in, how oh. do I make a caption Instagram? And I just copy and paste, paste, paste it a thousand times. <laughs> like that page will show up number one. Because uh, this page says that same phrase a thousand times. Let's rank it, right? What Larry Page and, um, what's his name? What's the other guy's name? I don't know. Whatever. Sergey Brin and Rage Larry Page, the founders of Google, their whole PhD theory was how how uh, how we can the way to trust a source is by saying by by getting the uh, reputation from other sources. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how many times you say you are your article means how do I. <laughs> How do I add caption in Instagram? I, I don't see. care about you. I yeah. care what other people say, right? And I care. And then if this person, a lot of a lot of people say these people are correct, and then this person says you are correct, then that person's value is a lot higher than this random person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the way they figure that out is, um tracking link right let's say let's say you have an article on your website that says uh how to add caption in instagram and you wrote a blog post right okay and then let's say uh new york times had a link on one of their pages that says oh if you want to know how to write blog posts and then if you click on that how to how to add caption on Instagram, and you click on that, it takes you to your website. Google tracks that mm-hmm. that link, right, back to your site. I see. So Google's going like, oh, this website links back to this website. I right? see. But let's say you had uh, 10,000 other websites <laughs> linking back to that page just like that, right? Versus there's another website who has the same article like you, you know? Mm-hmm. And they want to rank for that word, but nobody links to that site because that information is garbage. I see. Then yours is going to rank over theirs, right? And that's called page rank. And every page on the internet has a page rank value. Uh, so it's from zero to ten, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
So the hot, so so that's that's the backbone of their algorithm is they wow. use how many pages link link to your your website to to measure the accuracy and 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 they're all like obviously why would New York Times the link from New York Times to you be worth more than you know John's blog <laughs> right mm-hmm. who's a nobody so how does Google know that? Because New York Times already has a page rank of nine, because so many other sites <laughs> link back to it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anytime New York Times links back to you, you're getting all of that link juice of all the other websites too. I see. So that's how they do it. Nice story. I mean, look how <laughs> look how you made it simple, and I mean, I would never ever had an idea that I would know uh, how the algorithm works, but you made it really simple. Probably there are more things to that, but you know, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is like the most simplest, but, but I think that's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my passion. I'll, I is to take complex con complex things and simplify it in a way that any like literally anybody can understand it Mm. yeah um one thing i wanted to ask uh you've been to film school Mm -hmm. so i was wondering how to is there some kind of technique or something how to put like visually someone's timeline you know like when you make a story film something you have i don't know like timeline of your hero so when i googled it they show me the the circle and the hero journey and uh, i didn't like it so i want something to be like horizontal and like to track person from the beginning till the end of the story or a movie or somebody, someone's life. Um, is there something, some way to do it? Because what I did was I just turned, you know, the blank paper and then I started the, I don't know, birth. And then I do an like arrow of what mom and dad thought about that moment. And then the other... I don't know, like, so my idea is, is to write like five second moments in that timeline. So is there something that you can share about that? I don't really understand the question. <laughs> like, what do you mean by timeline? Like, you know, when what we did in uh, the first week assignment, when we uh, wrote stories, like five second moments from different periods in life. Mm-hmm. So, to kind of make one timeline, like visual timeline, and I don't know if there is some something that maybe you learned to do because I imagined it's kind of similar thing when you want to create a movie, a film, you have that kind of i don't know timeline what happens like key moments in movie i don't know no 
<laughs> it's totally different. Because movie is not a timeline. Like movie can jump back and forth too. Like in movie, you know. But you need to have a timeline. You it can't... doesn't work in a chronological order. I guess if you're a writer, maybe you, for some people they might do it. But movies like, uh, you know, if this is your whole life, like it's just this part, of, right? Or it might be like this part and then you skip to this part and then you skip to this part. Okay. But it's not going to show the in-betweens, right? Yeah, but my question was those parts that were used to put in mm -hmm. one timeline. You know, you're of course. But what do you mean by a timeline? Um, I don't know. The girl uh, goes to high school and she's, uh, I think it's straight A movie. Uh, mm -hmm. So she's uh, smart, but uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's the, the first thing. But then the second thing is she, maybe it's a little short, short period of time for that movie, but for the sake of uh, example after that she has problems because they accuse you of accuse her of something oh i see what you mean then she's changing so this timeline then next thing is uh, she's meeting uh, a boy that she so you mean like a scene like yeah like what's 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 each scene yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the process of how they do it is that first the writer will write, the screenwriter will write the entire script, right? Okay. And then, so like scene one, you know, and then scene two, scene three, like, and then the script, the, the director script is also with dialogues, not just yeah, um, yeah, yeah. girl does Everything. this and then go there. Oh, okay. Okay. With dialogues. Okay. Dialogue plus the description of what's going on. Okay. Like everything, like it, it'll tell you, is it, is it night, daytime? Is it indoor, outdoor? What's around the settings? Who's it? Like it, it gives you everything, right? The, the screenplay, as, as long as the dialogues. Mm -hmm. And then the director has to now take that and break it into, okay, here's scene one. And they have to break it into shots. Okay, first shot, wide shot of the entire house. And then cut to close up of the main character. <laughs> Mm -hmm. saying that you know what I mean so, so they have to do that is that what you're talking about yeah or are you talking about from scene to scene to scene I mean maybe not in those details like the one scene mm -hmm. but let's say from one scene to describe that five second moment and then another scene five second moment I see I don't know Okay. But I think I, I do know that like every scene needs like a purpose of why why that scene what what is that scene trying to mm -hmm. represent, right? So for example for example, like Okay. Have you ever seen Inglorious Bastard? No. So Inglorious Bastard is um So, so watch, uh, Google like Inglorious Bastards first opening scene. Like to me, this scene is one of the most 
brilliant opening scene of any movie. Uh, like, oh, like one of the best opening scene of any movie that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, um, it sets it, it gives you like a, a preview. Spoiler alert! So the movie is about uh, uh, the movie is about uh, a group of American soldiers that were sent to Germany during World War II, and their job was to go just go kill as many Nazi. Uh, Nazis as they can, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they plan is to burn down uh, a movie theater that in, uh, during an opening premiere when all of the high-ranking Nazi officers are going to be there. They were going to bomb mm-hmm. them and kill them all, right? That, that's like one of the plans. And the, the movie theater is owned by a, a girl named Shoshana. Now, the first opening scene of that movie shows it's a backstory. It shows a few years before that mm-hmm. when uh, when um, it's a, it's the opening the beginning story of Shoshana and the main bad guy Nazi officer, mm-hmm. right? But then when you watch the scene, what it does is it draws a, it, it tells you, even though it's just like a first opening scene, like maybe five, six minutes, or I don't know how long, I don't know how long it is actually, but it says, it tells you so many details about that character, about Shoshana, about the state of, uh, about, um, uh, you know, about like how, how, how evil that guy is. And there's so much suspense to it, and like what it 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 pretty much draws a picture of everything you the backstory in mm-hmm. that one scene, and that's the purpose of that scene. Right? Oh, okay. So so every scene has a purpose, like and the purpose might be to, you know, to move along the plot. It could be to for character development, to show you what kind of person this person is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or to so. Every scene has to serve a purpose like that. Is there a list of purposes? I don't know. I mean, I think that those are that's it pretty much too. It's to It's it's kind of like what I mean, the purpose is different for every movie, right? Okay. But it, it it's usually to yeah, it, it's to show, like a lot of times it's character development, like how, like why that first opening scene. So at the end of that movie, Shoshana ends up locking up all the Nazis and but the Shoshana owns that theater. Mm-hmm. And then she's the one who ends up burning all the, all of them. But you can see from that first scene, like how much she hates the Nazis. Because it's because he kills all of her family, and she's the only one who survives mm-hmm. from that first scene, right? And so, it, it you know what I mean? It's like so. Whatever, like if I'm a, there's no movie without a, there's no story without, uh, 
a, some sort of a motive of the character, right? So character development means five second moments where when there is some switch in something. No, character development is like what what drives the whole movie. This guy mm -hmm. just wants to wants to hunt down every Jews in Germany. Mm -hmm. Shoshana, or, or in France, Shoshana wants to is terrified of Nazis and she hates the Nazis and she in every chance she wants she hates them, right? And she's gonna do everything in her power. The protagonist is gonna do everything in their power to do to achieve this goal, whatever goal that is. The antagonist, and the antagonist can be a person, but it can also be something else, right? Like in mm -hmm. In Independence Day, the antagonists are the aliens, right? In some movies, the antagonist might be the weather. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The antagonist is doing everything that he can in order to stop the protagonist from getting there. And that clash happens is where the story is. That's the conflict of the story. Like this, and it's, you know, and it's, uh, it's that's what makes a story interesting. If everything happens exactly the way she wanted, it's not interesting, right? And it's also not interesting if you can't, like, let's say it's a story about a, a girl who, you know, who who wants to, you know, kill, you know, like who hates the Nazis and who wants to kill the Nazis, but you have no idea why. That's not interesting either. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to know why you're so driven, right? Like, and that's why, you know, like, you know, when you look at most movies, uh, most of these like Hollywood movies and most of like this really famous stories, a lot of them start with the child losing a parent or losing the adult figure in their life. Like, you know, Batman loses both his parents when he's young, right? Uh, Spider-Man loses his uncle. Mm -hmm. Um like finding Nemo, you know, like you know, they she get he gets lost from his parents, and the reason why is because like as a child, that that the parent is who we depend on. Like like if we lose a parent, if we lose an adult figure, that means like all of our safety is gone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the person mm -hmm. that we're supposed to depend on is gone, and that's such a traumatic experience that when you start when you start a story like that it automatically gets the audience hooked it automatically yeah. makes the audience feel for that character right like with that fear like the, the the child losing the parent and then now whatever happens like that that's the motive for whatever they do next mm -hmm. but we need to understand the background of that character like why is this person so driven to do this why is you know i see why is the it, without that i just feel like it's not gonna be that great of a story i see like in breaking bad when this when 
this guy what's breaking bad is kind of like you we know the that the, i don't i haven't watched the show but from what i understand we know that this chemistry teacher lived life perfectly mm. following all the rules doing exactly what he was supposed to do yeah. eating healthy being and then what what happens he gets cancer right and and then he so then he's like, fuck this. Like, well, I follow all the rules and this happened. And then he goes exactly the opposite way, right? Yeah. So, so you can kind of understand the motive behind it. Like, but then if, if that, without that backstory, if somebody just did that out of nowhere, then it'll just be weird. It makes sense. Yeah. It, like... Okay. So, what example will you choose for your carousel? Which one? Which carousel? The one, the last one. Would you choose? Would you choose like the specific example with the mouse or Tesla? Didn't I give you? Hmm? Didn't I give you give you the example? Yahoo. Yeah, I, I think I, I list, did give you the whole carousel. You listed, like, yeah. you said. Yeah, but I'm going to have, like, in each slide, mm-hmm. I'm on the top half, it's gonna, I'm going to show you, like, the Yahoo versus Google. And I'm going to put, okay. you know, first, first search engine, second search engine, <laughs> okay? The next one, right? I'm going to, maybe I might put the, the first electric car ever made that nobody's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And then Tesla. And then I'll say first electric car. Second electric car, right? Next. I might put something like Xerox and then Macintosh, right? The first graphical user, user interface computer. Second user, user interface, right? And then at the end, I might say something like, you know, like... The first, like being first, take like the first one takes all the risk. The second one usually takes all, gets all the benefits. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be first, be second. Okay. Awesome. See, the, this one is not, this is one of those characters that are cool, but it's like, that's all it is. It's just cool. I don't think it I don't think it actually helps anyone. Yeah. But maybe I should just let that go. Maybe it doesn't I mean and it, all, see like that if if the point of a carousel is I never thought about this that way. Um I mean, you got the point. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what, how somebody will, what somebody will do with that. Yeah. So, but I guess the point of the carousel is there. Yeah, I guess in order to make people say, I never thought of it that way, you don't really need because this carousel breaks all the rules like it breaks the rule of who are you how did i learn the lesson Mm -hmm. myself who are you talking to Mm -hmm. all of those things i say um but it still makes people 
go, oh, I never thought of it that way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess maybe that's fine. Well, you're proving the point that you learned the first lesson from the carousel with maybe. Oh, yeah. That one is yes. But I think the second one is actually a better carousel. I It looks to me... So maybe it's not a... To you what? It looks uh, like it's done. Like it's finished. Like maybe you will you will definitely polish it, but it looks mm -hmm. like you have everything there. It's good no, enough. I, I, I think once I start writing it, it's once I start like designing it, mm -hmm. it's gonna change. But um, I'm just trying to think like for for anyone to just come up with uh. This one is uh, the number one to versus number two. I'm trying to see where I learned that. Yeah, I don't know. My brain is not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a lot harder than we thought, huh? Yes. But it is what it is. Uh, so, what, what's your takeaway for today? My takeaway. Well, it's nice to kind of not have strict concept in terms of podcast recording, um, and. I wrote down these three ways to come to the example and that it needs to be easier. But, you know, to be honest, I don't have like takeaway for my, for my uh, skill, but um, listening to how you're doing it, it was so I could see the, the structure of it and I could follow it. So, so it kind of, you know, just, um, I don't know, just exercising this muscle. So, so nothing spectacular happened, but kind of I could follow because before, like a year ago, I couldn't follow. I would read your um, carousel and I would like, what's the beginning? What's the ending? What? I couldn't define that. So now it's it's much easier. So this is an exercise. Yeah, it's just, I think it just requires practice. Mm. So this is good. Um, like for yours, I think maybe it can be something like. Um, You know, sometimes like sometimes we this is not a carousel yet, but the myth is something like I mean from my perspective, 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot of our anxieties. Okay, I don't know if this is correct or not, okay. but I feel like a lot of our anxieties come from uh, people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like if we literally didn't care about what other people thought of us, I just think a lot of our anxieties will be gone. Like when when somebody's honking and you, that anxiety comes because you care about what that person thinks of you. Like when yeah. when you're at the doctor's office, it's because you think what what are all these other people waiting think of me? What does this person think of me? What does this person think of me? I don't want this person to hate me. I don't want uh like. Uh, I don't want my followers to unfollow me because I haven't posted. Like it's literally everything, all of most of our anxieties come from mm. worrying about what what people think of us or something like that. I mean, that's the myth truth for me. I know that that's not what you were saying, but if mm-hmm. I were to turn that into a myth truth sandwich. I'm like, what's the myth here? Is that a lot of things that we think are anxieties are, um, or when we're nervous or something like that, it comes, it actually comes from ego. I think I can't think anymore. <laughs> okay, let's continue next week. Okay. Maybe we'll have a breakthrough. <laughs> all right any anything else you want to add before we um after we finish i want to ask you something okay but not here no <laughs> okay thank you everyone i'll we'll, we'll see you all next week cheers thank you. bye-bye bye <laughs>